to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Over the years, I've loved the relationship with uh, the Auckland campus, and we've also had such a tremendous time with uh, Pastor Paul and Marie and the inspiration that they've been in our lives. So for me personally, this is indeed a privilege. And for all of you online, um, let's settle back and hear what the Father wants to say to us. I'm conscious that these are critical days. These are unique days. But they're wonderful days for those who can set time aside and hear from Father's heart. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the wonderful friend that we have in the person of the Holy Spirit. And we pray the person of the Holy Spirit will be so real to every person listening, watching right now across the globe, in their lounge, wherever they might be. Father, you will be there with them and Holy Spirit will be speaking to them, revealing your wonderful heart to them as individuals. Father, we thank you for that. Let you alone be honoured, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you today about seeing through God's eyes. Seeing through God's eyes. And I want to ask the question, my friends, what do you see? When the storm is raging and the opposition is fierce, what do you see? Do you see the overwhelming nature of the, the waves and the storm, the tempest, or do you see the master who's far greater than the storm, who at a word of his mouth can say, peace be still, and every storm has to cease just at one word from his lips? So who do you see? What do you see? When there's only uh, $100 in your bank account and you get a bill for $800 from the electricity department, what do you actually see? Do you see the emptiness of the bank account or do you see the great provider? Do you see the one that can multiply bread at his word, that can put a gold coin in a fish's mouth? who can provide the most miraculous ways, as I have seen him do now over, what, 53 years? Time and time and time again, the greatness of his miraculous provision. So, my friends, what do you actually see? Do you see the storm or the master over the storm? One of my key scriptures today is Hebrews 4.16. And it says, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Friends, that word grace is supernatural empowerment. It's something not naturally given, but supernaturally given. And I was leaning into that scripture. And I knew the Lord was saying something here. I knew that somehow he wanted to point out something to me I had not yet seen. And he said, come boldly before my throne of grace. And I said, yes, Father, I do that. And and but there was something more. And I was in my office at the time. And outside my office, there's a deck. And then there's, you can see past the deck to some trees. And, and I was just kneeling in my office. And he said, now step through the door. And I said, step through the door. So I stepped through the door and went out on my deck. And as I came out of my deck, suddenly I could see right around my property and it's by God's sheer grace, he gave us an acre of beautiful lawns and trees and plants and gardens. It's really, really, really nice. And 
He said, now look at how much more you can see because you've changed your position. And I felt him say this to me, that, that your position determines what you see. Your position determines your perspective. And, and, and so I said, okay, when I saw that, I made a decision. I thought, I, I want to enjoy this all the time. This is going to become my office, not just a moment here and there, but I'm going to live out here. And so as I made that decision, I realised it was freezing in the middle of Melbourne. And so I realised God always provides ahead of time, always. And we'd done a renovation three or years ago or something, and we'd ripped out this huge, great firebox. It was thick-inch steel thing. Nobody knew what to do with it. And suddenly it had a purpose because he always provides ahead of time for his purpose. And so we got this big firebox, we stuck it on the deck and we loaded it up with logs and the fire was burning. And I said, so now, instead of visiting here occasionally, I can be here all the time, regardless of circumstances, regardless of weather, I can be positioned to see the greater picture 24-7 if that's what I want to do. And my friends, that's where I have my office now because I determined that whatever was necessary for me to be positioned in the right place, I would, I would make those decisions. And friends, I'm giving you an invitation today to come boldly before the throne of grace so that you can see right. Your position determines your perspective. If you're looking at things from down here, they're going to seem large and raging. But if you're looking at them through the eyes of God and positioned with him and letting Holy Spirit take a hold of what you see, you will change your perspective on what is taking place completely. We're called to be a supernatural people. And we're not called to live within the limitations of our humanity. We're called to live with a, a supernatural capacity to see things that the average person cannot see. Yep. Now, I'm going to mention a word which, yeah, is, don't turn off when you hear the word, all right? The imagination. I speak to people about imagination, and they say, oh, yeah, I've got to put down the imagination. Put down the imagination. Carnal, rotten imagination. Friends, that's a tragedy. Because my father created my imagination. He created all of me. He created within me a capacity to imagine. Now, the fact that it can be corrupted and polluted, absolutely. But he designed originally our capacity to imagine to be under the control of the Holy Spirit, subject to the Word of God, so that whenever he wanted to say something to us, whenever he wanted to show us something, he could whisper or paint pictures in our minds. That's all the prophetic really is. You see things because Father wants you to see them. Now, they're not tangible. They're not uh, concrete and glass, but they are real in your heart. They're real in your spirit. You know, Peter had a moment like that when the disciples all gathered around Jesus and they were all saying who other people said Jesus was. And, and, and suddenly Peter has a 
what I call an aha moment. He, he, he suddenly says, wow, I got it, I got it, I got it. He says, you're the Christ. You're, you're the son of the living God. And Peter, um, Jesus turns to Peter and he says, I guarantee he was smiling at the time. And he said, you never got that from flesh and blood. You didn't get that through your humanity. I mean, you, he said, my father showed you that. Why? Because he realised in that moment that Peter wasn't just having a good thought, he'd had a revelation inside. The number of times my life has been utterly changed when something has gone from my head to my heart. I preached for years, decades, 53 years I've been preaching. I've preached about the fatherhood of God. But one day about 17 years, 18 years ago, I woke up one morning and it went from my head to my heart and changed my life forever. And I realised I was not like a son to him. I was his son. I'm born of his seed. That, that changed my life forever. But because of information? No. Because I got educated? No. Because I had a moment of revelation when the Holy Spirit made it real. Suddenly I just didn't know it. I could see it. And it changed me from that moment on. I have a prayer that I pray often and most often. Father, let me see what you see. Let me hear what you hear. Let me feel what you feel. And today I want to take accessing his presence, hearing the voice of God, getting prophetic glimpses. I want to take all of that completely out of the realm of mystic or super spiritual or too hard or, or, or some uh, beyond the reach category. And I want to put it where it belongs, completely within your reach. Because God has promised it to us. In fact, he actually commanded us. He actually commanded us to come boldly into that place. He says, come boldly before my throne of grace. Therefore, it must be possible. It has to be possible. And John had a moment like that in John, in Revelation, actually, in chapter 4 and verse 1. We won't read all these scriptures, but it says that as he was looking, and I love that word because it's in the Greek language that it was written in, uh, um, the word that he uses there is not for a casual glance. It's not for, uh, I should look at that sometime. It's not that kind of a word. It says, as I looked, and the word is a, a, an intense word. It means to peer into with great excitement as somebody that fully anticipates to see something. And so he was already convinced, I'm going to see something, I'm pressing in, I'm pressing in because I, I know I'm going to see something. And that was the attitude. And it says when he was in prayer and had that kind of an attitude, I'm going to see something from God right now, because he had that kind of an attitude that says, Father, open the door, open the portal, made an opening between his realm of the Spirit and John's realm of the natural. And suddenly John could see what Father could see. And it changed his world forever. He was imprisoned on the island of Patmos at the time. And so God reveals to him a throne and him, God, sitting on the throne. And what did that immediately say to John? 
He said to John, I've got this. I'm bigger than this. You may think you're imprisoned, but I'm on the throne. I've got all the power, all authority, all dominion. And, and, and you see, we know, John 4, 24, we know that God is spirit. So, and that word spirit, pneuma, it means a breath of air. In other words, God is not tangible. We know that his presence fills the universe. He's incredibly personal. He's incredibly real. I talk with him every day. I see the evidence of his love every day. He couldn't get more real, but he's not seeable with the natural eye. And so it means that when he wants us to receive something from him, he wants to show us something either about our lives or about the future, then we have to be able to be compatible with him. And John, in this time of prayer, the Bible is quite clear. It says that suddenly he was in spirit. What does that mean? It means he was so consumed by the Holy Spirit. He was so directed by the Holy Spirit. He was so in tune with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit could show him anything he wanted. And and because of that state that he was in, he was able to see things that could not be seen by the natural eye. And friends, I want to invite you into that. It's not spooky. It's not for some spiritual elite It's for every single one of us who have a hunger to hear from God and to see through his eyes. It will change your life forever. I I get prophetic pictures. Excuse me for a moment. New iPad, just breaking it in. Um, But I get prophetic pictures. And um, people say, what is that? Well, it's exactly what I'm been talking about. It's simply times when I'm in prayer, I'm loving my Father, we're having intimate communion together, and I'm in a what the Bible calls being in spirit. What does that mean? It simply means I'm compatible. I'm, I'm able to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. And in those moments, as I'm just spending time with my Father, suddenly I will see something. It's not flesh and blood. It's not like this cup. It's in my mind. It's in my imagination, but it's in my imagination that is possessed by the Holy Spirit just like Jesus was. And in that moment, I can see things that are impressions. They're they're impressions of my heart and spirit, but they're real, but they're seeing what is in spirit so that I can then communicate it in the natural. And as I was praying for this moment together and this church in particular here in Melbourne, I saw five pictures as clear as anything. And so I'm going to share those five pictures with the leadership right now and I'll be sharing them with you too because you never know when it's going to strike somebody out there online and it'll be real to you also. But here's the five pictures that I see and I believe each one of these will become particularly important to Pastor Craig and the team and others over these next 12 months or so. The first one I saw was the word renegotiation. And I was just in a time of prayer and and then I just suddenly saw the word in my spirit, in my mind's eye, same as you were able to, the word renegotiation. And it it was concerning a building. 
And I saw a time in which there had come a time of reappraisal, a time of decision that would reflect um, and show forth divine favour and intervention. So that was the first picture that I saw. And then I saw another picture. And I saw a picture of different nationalities and ethnic groups coming into your presence, coming into this local body. And then I saw the word strategy. So I see that those people coming, those different ethnic groups, were coming by deliberate intention, by a great intentionality, a a strategy that God had given by the Holy Ghost that caused these ethnic groups to gather with you. The third thing I saw, the third picture that I saw was this. I, I saw an area, all I can describe it is I saw an area of uh, responsibility here in the church that was being carried by one that was going to become the responsibility of three. And this was going to allow greater growth and acceleration, but without the loss of discipleship and excellence. And so that was the uh, third thing. The fourth thing I saw was a bridge. And as I just concentrated on it, I saw a bridge, something like the Westgate Bridge here in Melbourne, but it was a bridge. And I saw construction taking place on the bridge. And the bridge already existed. It was a single-lane highway uh, bridge. And then I saw this construction taking place where it was suddenly being made into a multi-lane bridge. And I said, I said, Lord, wow. And what I noticed was that this new bridge, multi-lane thing, would in- allow the increase of traffic between the two hubs. And it was almost like somebody living in Melbourne but travelling to work in Geelong or somewhere, got across the Westgate Bridge and then returning back again. But because of the multiple lanes, there was no congestion, there was no, uh, there was no hiccups, it was a, like a, a great flow, uh, an ease of flow because that bridge had been strengthened to allow that flow. Now the fifth thing I saw was a well and I immediately knew in my heart that he was speaking about this house, about this church. And I felt the Lord say, now dig that well deeper and wider because it's going to need to carry an abundance of water. And the water was speaking about the depth and the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay, Lord. But it seemed to be much deeper and bigger than what was actually necessary. And then the Lord showed me that there was thirsty people throughout the body of Christ that had little or no access to the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit, and that he would begin to draw them to drink from the well that he was going to put here in this house. And so those were the five pictures that Father showed me. So I want to take it out of the spooky or out of the, you know, this is okay because he's a prophet. Forget that for a minute. All I was doing was loving up on my father in worship and adoration and then became mindful of you as a church body and so I just leaned in. Now, Revelation says that, that John looked with great intent 
And sometimes we do not do this because we don't think it's available. We think it's only for an elite few, and that's not true. God wants to direct every single person listening to this right now. God wants to invade your world and speak with you. He wants to show you things as your heart and mind are taken over by the Holy Spirit. That's not spooky, weird. It's normal Christianity. Normal Christianity was supposed to be a supernatural way to live where Holy Spirit could speak to us supernaturally. And then because of that, we would be empowered to go out and see supernatural things begin to take place. Do you know Jesus was no exception? The Bible makes it clear in John chapter 5 that Jesus... Of his own words, he said, I can do nothing of myself, only that which I see. Oh, listen to that. Only that which I see my father do, that I do. Now, wait a minute. He didn't say what father instructs me to do. He didn't say what... When he gives me a command, I obey it. He said, what I see my father do, I do. Of myself, my own initiative, I can do nothing. Only that which I see my father do. Now, friends, listen to me carefully. Jesus could only do because he saw. And when he saw his father in spirit, in his spirit-controlled mind and heart. He was no different than you and me. He was divine, but he put that divinity aside for 33 and a half years so that he could be just like you and me, filled with the Holy Spirit. And when his heart and mind was so possessed by loving his God and loving his father and possessed by the Holy Spirit that at any given moment, the Holy Spirit could show him something the Father wanted done. And when he saw it, the, he, he would just see the Father doing it. In his mind's eye, he would see the Father doing it in spirit, and immediately he knew how, what he had to do in the natural. Friends, that's not spooky. Jesus did because he saw. The Bible's clear on that. And I want to say to you this morning, I do because I see. It's no different. I've walked with him for over five decades and I've got a book out called You Did What? And, and, and the reason we call it that is because it's just filled with insane miracles that you just think are exaggerated, but they're true. And, and when you look at them all together, you think, that's unreal, that's not possible. But, but every single one of them was because of what I saw. Uh, I, I, um, I was in the middle of um, Switzerland once in the middle of summer and we were in shorts and T-shirts and it was baking hot and we were sitting out there and my wife says to me, ah, look, just imagine what this place would be like in winter. It would be covered with snow. And I said, that's cool. And I'm in bed that night and suddenly I see snow falling everywhere and in my mind's eye. You'd say, oh, you're just imagining that. You're right, but who was giving me the imagination? And so I sat up in bed and said, Father, you created the entire globe in seven days. Six, actually. So what's a little snow to you? 
And we had this conversation for a few moments. And I said, come on, just, just show off for a minute, Father. Let, let some snow. It's the middle of summer. I know it's the middle of summer, but you're God Almighty. And we had this little bit of a conversation. You say, you don't talk to God like that. Yes, I do. He's my father. I'm his son. So are you. You're a daughter. We went to sleep, woke up the next morning freezing. Pulled the curtains back. It was white. It had snowed all night. It snowed all the following day. Did you know the snow was so heavy it broke branches off trees? And all the locals running around saying, this can't happen, this can't happen. It's the middle of summer. Well, of course, I didn't enlighten them, but yeah, what, what, what did I see? I just saw a glimpse of what Father was going to do. With, I was... I've got to be careful of time, but I was, I was in Africa, on the east coast of Africa, in a place called Arusha. And one morning, 4.30 in the morning, Father wakes me up and shows me, just in my mind's eye, in my imagination, shows me uh, lawns and trees and, and beautiful gardens and buildings. And I thought, ooh, beautiful. And he says, if you will raise up a prophetic team to change nations, I'll give you that place to do it in. I said, okay, Lord. Now, for time's sake, I won't give you the whole story, but it was miraculous because it was completely outside of our money bracket. It had already been sold to somebody else. It was not on the market anymore. And there was all sorts of reasons why we could never have that property, but we've been living on it now for 13 years. Um, but it took 18 months to find it when I came home from Marissa. And we looked every day and they would show us all sorts of wonderful properties, but it wasn't the one I saw. I only had faith for what my father had shown me, that prophetic glimpse when he allowed me to walk through the veil and be in the throne room of his grace so that I could see what he could see. And he wants to do that with all of us. I am convinced that thousands of Christians all over the world have incredible moments that they don't recognize because they're not anticipating it. They don't believe it's biblical or some other reason are restrained or maybe it's because they're not given over to worship, to adoration, to allowing the Holy Spirit to direct them. But it's an invitation for every single one of us right now you're supposed to come boldly into that place. Oh, it's going to be a miracle if I finish on time. That's okay. Good, good. We need our eyes opened. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6, you know, where Elisha and his servant are the place where they are, they're surrounded by foreign army and they're out to kill them. And the poor old Elijah's servant is saying, oh, we're cooked, we're dead for sure. And, and Elijah, Elisha comes out and says, what are you talking about? There's far more on our side than, there are, than with them. And the, and the servant says, well, actually, I know arithmetic. One and one makes two. And there's thousands of them. And, and he said... And Elisha just said this little prayer. Oh, it's my prayer for you. Father, open their eyes that he might see. What did he mean? The man could see quite perfectly well. No, no, no. Open his spiritual eyes so he can see what's happening in the realm of your reality, Father. 
Heaven, heaven, heaven is not four steps past Pluto and turn right. Heaven is simply the presence of our Father, the, 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 what we call heaven, but it coexists as a world that coexists with our world. In every boardroom, he's there. In every mountain, he's there. In every valley, he's there. In every kitchen, he's there. He's, he's, his throne room is coexistent with you right now in your lounge, in your car, wherever you are. I go for walks up the back with the kangaroos often, but my father's right Right there, because his throne room is universal. And all we need is a heart and mind given over to the person of the Holy Spirit and subject to the Word of God so that at any given moment in our spirit-controlled imagination, Father can just give us a glimpse of his mind, his will and his tension. And because we know that, that couldn't have come naturally. Wow, God must have showed me that. Suddenly faith bursts up inside of you and you go out and you have faith to do things that you'd never have done the previous day. Why? Because of what you know? No. Because of what you see. Because the Holy Spirit has shown that clearly to you. And when he said, Father, open his eyes that he might see. Immediately, the young man's eyes were opened and he saw the, all the angelic hosts and the hordes of heaven that stood. And I love what it says. It says their epicenter. The original Hebrew says they were all gathered around Elisha, not the town, not the city. It's very, very, very clear. In the original, they were attached to Elisha. No wonder Elisha was so bold. He had the force of the heaven attached to him. It was like the epicenter. And friends, if you get a revelation of that, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter whether the virus. It doesn't matter what place in the globe you happen to be. My father's there. The host of heaven are there. And you're the epicenter. You're the one that they're guarding. You're the one they're providing for. You're the one that, can, that, that their focus right now is bringing you into the place of father's intention. It's not for an elite few. I've got to work towards the eventual possibility of a probable close. Did you get the accuracy of those words? Friends, I give you an invitation today to come boldly to his throne of grace. You've got to believe it's biblical before you ever step into that place. But here I've got to qualify it because I love you and I, and I, I don't want to mislead you in any shape or form. Every born-again, spirit-filled believer has been given an invitation 24-7 to step into his presence and to be close and intimate with his heart. That's something we're all invited to. But listen carefully now. But sin is not invited in there. Uh, in fact, it's not even God's choice anymore because, because he is holiness personified in a power and a light that would consume anything that wasn't compatible with him. And so sin just can't actually get in there because it's incinerated at the, at the border. And so what do I mean by that? I mean this, and I do trust that you'll hear my heart on this. 
Because my father right now is hungering after you. I mean, he wants you to have a revelation of his fatherhood and that you're his son, you're his daughter, that he wants to commune with you. He wants to show you things that will change your perspective forever and will flood your heart with newfound faith because you will see through your father's eyes. But my friends, a little while ago I was at an airport. That's when we were allowed to be. And because it was just an overnight thing, I hadn't packed a bag. I just had my carry-on. And inside my toilet bag, there was a pair of scissors, and I'd forgotten they were in there. Now, I got to the airport, and they, I'm stopped. And they said, whoops, you've got scissors in there. Oh, sorry about that. And then they pulled out the scissors, and I said, no, no, you can't confiscate them. They're, they're really good scissors. I, I want those scissors. And they said, you can't get on the plane with the scissors. And I said, well, I've, got a, I've actually got a boarding pass. Yeah, well, you and the boarding pass can get on the plane, but the scissors stay here. And I thought, that is it. There's the picture. Jesus has given me a boarding pass. The salvation of the cross being born of the Spirit, washed in the blood of Jesus, gives me a boarding pass. It's all paid for. Jesus paid for the whole thing. And now I can walk into the presence of my Father anytime I want to. But sin can't. That selfish attitude, the scissors are left at the gate. Greed, self-promoting ideas, Gossip, attitudes that are wrong and unforgiving. Friends, my, listen to me. Father's yearning for you to be in his presence. But he can't take all of the willfulness stuff. And friends, this is not pulling a heavy on you because I just simply want you in his presence. But you've got to leave the scissors at the gate. Leave the scissors at the gate and then go boldly into the presence of your Father. I'm going to close with a prayer that I, I, I want you, no matter where you are, you might be in a lounge or a car, wherever you are right now, I want you to forget about everybody else. Maybe stand to your feet somehow. And I want to now, and I think the words will come up on the screen at some point, but I want you to pray this prayer deeply from your heart. Okay, and here's my prayer. Father, I crave a new intimacy with your heart. I so hunger for a new intimacy with your heart, Father. I place my imagination today under the direct command and government of your word and the person of the Holy Spirit. Father, let me see what you desire me to see. Let me see, Father, through your eyes. I declare my hunger, Father, right now to see you. You in your majesty, you in your power, your authority and dominion and your great love and affection. Father, help me to see you, Father, as you really are. Father, give me eyes to see. And if you're not a Christian and you're watching this and you've never 
uh, given your heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, then right now is your moment. My friends, it's time. It is really time. It's time that you are no longer pushed around by life circumstances. It's time, my friends, where, where sickness and disease and, and fear and anxiety do not rule your world. They may exist out there, but my friends, listen to me. It's time for you to put your life, your destiny, your future in the hands of the one that created you to live beyond your natural limitations into a supernatural life governed by the Holy Spirit. There's only one way to enter that that place. There's only one way to, to cross the line on that, and that's to give your heart unconditionally to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Oh, He so loves you. He's reaching out for you. And I pray that today, this very day, you will simply respond to him. Father, not my will any longer, but your will alone be done. What a life transformational moment that will be. And for every Christian that's online right now, it's the same prayer in some ways. Not my will, but your will be done. My friend, A fully surrendered life is a fully empowered life. The degree of your surrender determines the degree of your empowerment and your access into His presence that you might see through your Father's eyes. God bless you. It's been a great joy, a great privilege to be with you today. I pray everybody that is watching right now will be empowered and filled with hunger to know your Father in a more intimate way. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.